Hello, and welcome to the Blaze Experience. I am your host, Derek Blaze, and as always, I appreciate you joining me to listen to the podcast. Today, we are discussing a game called Fortnite. Basically, Fortnite is a game that you're trying to survive. It's centered on surviving in any way you can. It has a whimsical art style. The art style is more fun-oriented, and it's more of a lighthearted game. It's primarily player versus player, but there is a PvE mode that we will discuss at a later date, which you currently need to pay for. And as always, my co-host is coming with me today. Please welcome back Drew, also known as Mr. Noobs. Welcome, Mr. Noobs. Hey, what's going on, Derek? Thanks for having me back on the podcast. You're welcome. It's nice to have you back. Oh, it's, uh, you know, I'll take any chance I can get to discuss what games we're currently playing on the Xbox and, you know, seeing what yourself and our listeners think of what's out there at the moment. Definitely. And we thought Fortnite would be a good game to talk about. Um, It's definitely a game that's pretty popular right now. It's free to play, which is always nice for players. You know, you don't have to pay anything to try it out. So if you haven't tried it out, get out there and try it. All you have to do is just download it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm here once again for the uh, the casual player's point of view, the uh, the noob's point of view. And it's, it just seems to be a game that I've noticed when I've played, anybody can just pick it up. There's obviously the, the people out there that you watch that play on a professional level, and they absolutely obliterate everybody out in the field. But from, from my point of view, it's just good to get in there and, you know, take a few shots and see how I go. Definitely, I agree with that. I mean, the first couple times I played it, I didn't know what I was doing at all. I didn't know you could even build in the game. But after you play it a couple times, you get used to it, and it becomes really fun to try it out because there's so many different drop points you can go to. There's so many different things you can do in the game. So it's definitely a fun game for someone to just jump in and get right at it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the thing that I do find the most fun to do in the game is you can be pinned down from all sides, and if you've got the materials, you build yourself a little fort in the middle of the field and just sort of hunker down and just try and shoot your way up. Uh, it does make for some interesting experiences, but I'm sure we'll go into that a bit later on uh, when we discuss the, the mechanics of the game. Definitely. So just getting into a little bit of the things you can do in Fortnite, you can collect materials with your harvesting tool, basically the materials you're going to use to build. That's one of the unique things about Fortnite is it's a game where you can actually build your own cover. You don't have to just rely on the buildings and stuff around you. You can actually build a fort around you, which is why it's called Fortnite. You can search for guns and other supplies. You want to obviously eliminate other players or if you're playing the PvE mode, other threats that are in the game. And you have to avoid the storm circle, which we'll get into that a little bit more later, but you have to make sure you avoid the storm circle. And then the main key to Fortnite is honestly just surviving. I mean... It's not primarily about, you know, getting as many kills as you can, like Call of Duty would be, for example. It's about surviving. So even if you have, you know, five kills or 20 kills, you can still win the game as long as you're just surviving the game. The, the good thing about that game, too, is you can have no kills for the whole match. You could be against the last two, and you can just take out one person, which happens to be the last person in the map, and that's enough to win the exactly. game. So there's obviously different ways I've noticed in this me, myself, I don't go in guns blazing. I sort of sneak around the map and just take opportunist shots. That's how I've won a few games. Uh, I've actually won a few games, which is what, one to two kills. And that's just by me. I don't know, people will call it camping, but in this sort of game, it's not really camping. As you did say, Derek, it is a survival game. So camping doesn't really come into it. That is actually a viable strategy going forward. Right, I definitely agree with that. It's a strategy I use a lot because it's not camping if the game is not about getting kills. It's not about getting kills. It's not about getting points. It's about just being the last one left alive. So if it's about being the last one left alive, it doesn't matter how many kills you have. So that's the main thing with Fortnite. 
Yes, I mean, there is some fun ways of getting kills. I mean, one of the fun ways I've seen, uh, I haven't done it myself, but I've witnessed other people do it and have people do it to me, is there's a, a tower in Tilted Towers, and usually there's a sniper rifle up there. So when you do your drop-in, you'll try and get into that tower. People can actually be smart about that, because if you knock out the four walls down the base of the tower, you can bring the whole tower down and just kill somebody. So there's those creative ways of killing people as well. It's not just about going for that headshot or just going in and emptying a whole clip into somebody. Uh, you can be creative about what you do in the game. Right, definitely. Another strategy a lot of people use is using the circle to your advantage. So if the storm is closing in, you can hide right outside the storm circle and wait for people to come to you, which is a strategy a lot of people employ to actually get kills and not players out of the game yeah uh, and obviously that would only work if you've been lucky enough to make sure you're always in the circle the, the thing about the game is that circle is always random so you don't know where it's going to end up you don't know where it's going to start heading so you've just got to basically hope you have the luck to be in the center of that circle as it closes in people run towards you and you can then hide in your own made up little bunker you can hide in towers and houses and just pick people off and half the time they don't know where it's coming from because they're concerned about just getting out of that circle exactly you're trying to run to the circle and then someone's shooting you. you're like oh shoot where are they at so you have no idea where they're at it is definitely a fun game i mean uh there, there is a lot of similarities between this and platinum battlegrounds that i believe is a game we'll discuss at a later date but those sort of games i know are becoming a lot more popular rather than the you know first person shooter traditional where you go capture points this whole thing about being the last person standing and proving that you're the best on that whole server for that match I think this is where the future of these shooters are starting to go. I agree, and it's a lot of fun this way too, because like I said, I mean, it's not just about getting one thing. It's not just about getting kills. You know, it's about killing somebody and then hiding for a little bit, killing somebody else. You know, there's a lot of variety to it. But we have mentioned the storm a lot, so we should probably tell anyone that doesn't know what it is, exactly what the storm is. Do you want to tell people a little bit about that? Well, the storm is basically, and it's sort of the same, anyone that's coming from Player Unknown Battlegrounds would know exactly what this is. You've got a circle area that the game map is on. And if you're outside that circle area, you'll start taking damage. Now, in Fortnite, this takes the form of a storm. So as this storm comes in, it's sort of pushing people to a central choke point to finalize the battle. Right. While you're in that storm, as I said, you got to take a lot of damage. You, as you're running through, you you basically might have to bandage. You might have to, you know, get some more health up somehow. The goal is just not to be in that storm area. Otherwise, you're going to die. But that's the simple thing. In a storm, you're dead. That's, that's the best way I can put it. Exactly. You can survive the storm if you aren't in it too long, but you will take damage and then you'll have to try and heal that damage back later. So basically, if the circle is going to be closing in, you have to plan accordingly and know, okay, I have to get to that circle at some point because say there's like 20 seconds left before it starts closing in, you want to start going to that circle. Yeah, but that being said, if you look at your mini-map, you're going to have a white circle outline of where the storm is going to close into. So it does give you a bit of time to look at your map, figure out, I need to make my way to that point over there. Otherwise, in two minutes, I'm going to have hell rain down on me, and there's a good chance, even if I get out of the storm, I'll be taken out as soon as I walk into that clear area. Right, exactly, which the storm is randomized too, so it's kind of nice because some games you actually get lucky and you're already in the storm area, so you can just kind of wait there for people to come at you which I do find very nice in some games, but some games you have to run halfway across the map, so it varies every game. Yeah, but when we look at that point of view too, I do agree that it is fortunate that you do get kept in that circle sometimes, but I do find sometimes those games are a bit boring themselves because you can spend a whole match where you don't move at all because you've just been in that circle the whole time. But 
some of these games can last up to 30, 40 minutes. So they can be boring as hell if you're sitting there for 30 to 40 minutes doing nothing at all. And that's when I find I get killed because I do get bored and figure, you know what, screw this, I'm going to wander off and find somebody, walk out the door, headshot, game over. No, I definitely agree with that too because if you're in a situation where you're in the circle, then you're in the circle again and you just stay in the same spot, there's really no incentive to go out of the circle. I mean, if you're already in the circle, just let people come to you. But that can be a very boring game because until they actually get to you, you're not really doing much. So I see yeah. what you're saying there. But, but that being said, that, that sort of comes in when you're in a solo match. I mean, there, there are other... Um other modes that we should probably want to go into which is like your, your duos and your squads yeah definitely duo and the squad are obviously what they sound like a duo is just two people playing together a solo would be just one person and then a squad would be up to four people so they have their various advantages and disadvantages obviously solo you're just on your own and you have only yourself to rely on you know 100 people whoever is the last solo player standing wins the duo you'd have your two people and basically be 50 pairs and the squad would be your teams of four. thing with the squads that can be interesting is when you get down to, like, say, your last final ten players, you have no idea how many squads are actually left because it could be five different squads that have two people each. So that's one interesting at the end. Yeah, I have come across in the, um, the past where I've had a full squad and there's been one person left in their squad, but they are such a good player, they've taken out our whole squad. So it's been the last five, and this one player's taken out the whole squad. That says more about me than their skill, that I have no idea what I'm doing in this game. But it is a fun experience when you figure out how the hell they do that without going into hacks, they must be cheating, you know, or aimbots, all this bullshit. It's just fun to, to see that somebody has used the map, their abilities to build things little walls barriers so we can't hit them and just manage to wipe out a whole team that i think that's the, the fun aspect of this game i agree as well and one of the things i like about that too is say you die you still have like a couple more members on your team that can actually get the win for you guys so a lot of nut players i've noticed just leave as soon as they die but personally i don't do that because say i die and there's like two players left in my team well you never know they might actually win the game then you still get credit for the win as well well, that's the thing as well. I mean, if you die, you can actually then view the rest of that game from one of your teammates' points of view. So if you're actually grouped with a really good player, that's actually a good time for you to learn. If you go, oh, I screwed up. How can I make myself better? Exactly. And you're teamed up with someone that knows their stuff. By all means, go and jump into their view. See what they're doing. Pick up some tips. You might be able to get that uh, win on the next match. Right, because then if you watch them, you can figure out what they're doing right and what you might be doing wrong. And the same thing applies, too, when you're playing in solo. If you're playing in solo and somebody kills you, you can still watch them the rest of the game and see, okay, this player that just killed me, what are they doing right? Yeah, I have actually watched on the other side of that where you've seen somebody that's blatantly cheating and then you can just watch them for the whole whole match, which is actually a handy thing if you are if you need to report them. You can just get your, your fraps out and just record them hacking their way through and to say to Epic Games, hey, you got to fix this stuff. You're making the game less true. enjoyable for everybody else. <laughs> that is true. I haven't encountered that personally yet, but I mean, I haven't watched too much after I get eliminated. It just depends on my mood, I guess. But Yeah, it's um, yeah, definitely definitely interesting stuff out Which there. mode would you say you prefer most out of the three? I probably prefer the duos if I'm with a really good friend of mine because at least I know he's got my back and I've got his back. The squad's also interesting, but... I find with the squad, you can be a little bit more relaxed as you've got three people watching your back. Whereas you still need to be pretty much on your game if you're in a duo because it's just you and one other guy and you've got, you just got to watch each other's backs and make sure you don't get wiped out. 
So probably the duo for the challenge and the um the fun aspect. See, for me, I think it'd be the opposite a little bit. I probably like the duo the least. I kind of like playing solo because then I know I'm not gonna have to rely on anyone else. If I die, then it's only on me. You know, that's it. I have only myself to worry about. And then I also like the squad a lot because you have the three other players. So a lot of times, what I find is you can actually mark before the battle bus drops where you want to go. And say I mark somewhere on the map, my teammates don't follow me. So say I have like three teammates scattered throughout the map, I see it as more chances for myself to win because I'm over here in one area of the map, they're over here in another area, we might actually meet in the circle later, and it's basically more opportunities for me to win is how I see it. A duo, I you still have that a little bit, but a duo, I think you have to kind of stick together always. So when you're playing with random players, I don't think it works as well. If you have, like, you know, someone that actually is going to play with you and is a longtime friend, like you said, that does work better. But if you're joining up with random players, I don't think it works as well, usually. Yeah, but let me just put, you know, the reasons for your squad. I'll put that on the flip side. You go four people in four different areas. You said it gives you a better chance to win. To me, that gives you a better chance to fail. Because if you've got your squad and they're scattered over this map, right? You come across a squad that's stuck together. You're one man and you've got four people against you. They're going to obviously do what they can do to surround you, and you're gone. Whereas if you've got your team of four together, you probably have a better survivability chance. But, you know, the different reasons for different people, I guess. No, I definitely see what you're saying. I mean, I'm not saying that you should purposely try to have four players scattered out, but I'm just saying if you join up with random people, a lot of times you'll say, I want to go to this place, and they don't actually follow you there. So then you drop there, and they're somewhere else. So if that situation occurs, at least there's a chance for you to actually meet up later in the game. And it does actually work out really nice. Say you went from two different areas of the map and then you meet up later. Then you can actually go against people that way. Yeah, the, the big thing I've noticed in this game, which I've had a few issues with it in the past, is you need the voice communication there. I've joined a lot of games where nobody's on mic and you can't communicate what you're going to do. So people will run off in all directions. And it does make right, the I agree. matches a bit harder. It does hurt without a mic because without a mic, you don't really know what anyone's doing. So... You could try to mark on your map where you want to go, and then they go somewhere totally different. They go off into space, or who knows what they're doing. So it does definitely help for this game to have mics. If you don't have it, you can still get it done. It's just a little bit harder to understand what people want to do. Yeah, definitely. This game has the... Basically, what I'm trying to say here is you need to have communication. You need to work as a team. It's the only way you're going to survive. Solo is good for the lone wolf. That's where you should be. But if you're in a duo or a squad, you need that communication to make sure that your team gets to where it needs to go. Definitely. And then in talking about modes, there actually are some trial modes you can play as well. Currently, right now, there's a mode called Solid Gold Mode, where all the weapons you find are gold weapons. So that's an interesting mode. I've seen modes before where they have only sniper rifles, uh, better aiming guns. So there are some trial modes they're trying out that you can play for limited periods of time. I don't know if you've seen any of those, Drew, but I think they're very interesting to try out. No, I haven't actually... I mean, I've seen them on the lobby screen uh, in the game, but I haven't really played too much Fortnite in the last two to three weeks, so I'm not too sure of what's been going on. I'm definitely trying to get back into the game, but obviously from listening to our show last week, there's been betas of current other games we're investigating right now, so I haven't really got too much into Fortnite, but it's definitely something I will go and check out um, the next couple of days when I can get back into things inside Fortnite. Yeah, definitely. I like how they always have a new trial mode to try out, so there's always something a little bit different about it. Usually these trial modes are in squads, but I think I've seen one that's in a solo mode, so you have that option as well, but it's just nice to try out something different. 
definitely something I do want to uh, have a look at and see what they're doing to improve. The game does still say closed beta, which I don't think the game is in a closed beta, but I think that's why they're trying these things. They figure, we've branded the game as closed beta, let's try a few of these modes, see what sticks, and right. that might be in the full release, I guess, if they're doing a full release. Yeah, it seems more like an open beta to me, because literally anyone can download it and get into it, so it's not really closed to anyone at all. The only part that's closed is the mode we did mention a little bit earlier, the PvE mode called Save the World. That mode you have to pay for, so right now you have to pay if you want to get access to that mode. We will discuss that more in a later episode. But I have heard anyway, that which we will discuss in a later episode though, but that is apparently going free to play in the next month, for the next couple of weeks apparently. So let's see what happens with that. Yeah, I have heard that as well, that it will be free to play eventually. So if you want to play that, you know, you don't have to spend the money right now. You can just wait and try it out later as well. Yeah, I mean, I've looked at some of those packs. At this point, I'm not going to really pay $200 for a legendary edition of the Save the World when I can wait a couple of weeks and spend $0. Right. And see, that's the good thing about this show too, Derek. We actually have economic advice as well. Save yourself 200 bucks. I mean, they do have other options, which I think the lowest one is $40, but... In my opinion, you're not getting a ton for it. I mean, you just get a couple of, like, exclusive characters or some extra skins, but... Yeah, and it's just better to earn. As with everything, earn things in-game. This whole culture we've got into today, and I'm sorry, I'm going off into a rant, but this whole pay-to-win, what happened to gaming? It used to just be, earn what you want to get in the game, work your ass off for it, then you'll be rewarded. Not this, I've got Daddy's credit card, or my own credit card, and I'm just going to pay for everything. As I said, I'm getting off into a tangent, but we'll probably go into this in a special on the effects of gaming of today. We should get back into Fortnite, though. No, I definitely understand what you're saying. I mean, just obviously the developers do need that money, so it does help to have players that do have the extra money to help keep the game rolling. It's kind of a catch-22. I mean, there is good and bad to it. I do see your points, though. Yeah, I understand the need for developers to have the funds to continually enhance a game, but to me... If I'm going to purchase a game, I'd rather have the game fleshed out, ready to go. I'll pay the, the full retail price for it if it's ready when they release it. I think with, obviously, Fortnite's an example, but you look at Steam on um, PC, which is another example of it. There's constantly games being released that aren't ready for release, and we're paying for the developers to build that game. It's, right. Yeah. I think that is one good thing about Fortnite, though. It starts out as free-to-play, so... Essentially, you didn't actually buy the game in the first place. You're just getting it free to play. And then if you wanted to actually spend to contribute to the developers, you have that option. Yeah, which was on, on the single player, I can get the single player side of it. But you still need to be able to earn stuff in-game. So even if it is free to play, it might take longer to get what you need. But it should be just earning stuff through your gameplay. I've got no problem with that. Right, which speaking of that too, there is a little bit of a caveat to that. In order to earn some of the things you can get with your XP you have to actually purchase a battle pass. So that is one drawback. The battle pass, I think, is around 30 to $40. And it basically, you buy it for a season. And then it gives you more XP. It gives you uh, some extra skins. And it gives you more challenges. And allows you to earn the XP in order to get the extra equipment and stuff. That I'm not too worried about. Because to me, that's the way of doing your old subscriptions. Like, you look at games like right. the original MMOs, like World of Warcraft, etc., where you used to pay you $15, $10, a month, and you have, could play the game for the month. Fortnite are essentially doing this for a season. Now, with the season, I'm happy to pay per season, because that's a one-off fee. It's not like your monthly fee. You pay for that season, and your season's covered. And, and that's probably a good way to raise money. You're not paying... It's not a pay-to-win system. That's a pay for the service. That I do agree with. That is And fine. like you said, it's not even that monthly either. I think currently it's at 60 days for a season, so basically it's once every two months. 
So that's not as yeah, bad. Yeah, and obviously we can see from what they're releasing that that money is going into development. So I'm fine with that. I'm just not happy. I'm not fine with pay-to-win sort of aspects. From what I've seen now anyway, Fortnite, a lot of that is cosmetic. So at this point, while it's cosmetic, it's all good. I just don't want to see it get into a point where you're paying for good weapons or, or better stats or something. That's when you get a slippery right. slope and that can ruin a game. Which as far as I know, there's no plans to make it pay-to-win. So if right now, if you want to pay for something, you're paying for cosmetic outfits or different gliders or different things like that so it is nice that there is no pay to win aspect to it and you can just play the game straight up if you wanted to play with nothing in there yeah that i'm all fine for and you gotta remember too i'm only a casual player so even when casual players don't want this pay to win we actually still want to be able to do stuff in our own time but actually feel like we've earned something as well there's a bit of a stigma saying with casual players we just want to buy everything we don't want to work for it that's not true i can speak as a casual gamer i would rather earn my way through a game play when i can but I don't want a big penalty for not playing either. I don't want to say, like, it takes me years to get somewhere. I'm happy to invest a few months, but I don't agree if this casual game is paying to win. I don't agree with that. Yeah, I definitely see your points, too. I mean, you don't want it to be where it's going to take you years to earn what you want, because then at that point, you can't really invest the time in other games. So if it's a small payoff, that works, but you don't want to have it where it's you have to play, like, eight years of your life in order to get to a certain point. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, those sort of games I've given up playing requires me to put too much of an investment in to get anywhere that I won't touch. Fortnite seems to have a nice little balance at the moment. Like, I'm playing casually. I agree, I like the balance. I'm leveling up um, pretty well. To be honest, I can't remember what my level is at the moment. I didn't really pay attention to it. But I can see every couple of games I'm raising another, another level. So at least I am progressing and it's not, you know, got to pay to get ultimate level or rank or whatever it is. It's It's just enhancing my character at a, a reasonable rate and you know i'm okay with right. that i'm okay with that as well so it is a nice balance that fortnite has generated i believe definitely now touching on something we talked about a little bit earlier but we should probably get into a little more that is unique to fortnite is building your own forts or cover do you want to speak to a little bit about that for the players that don't know anything about it yet? Well, I mean, the, the good thing that Fortnite has is you can build your own cover. You, as you're going through, you can harvest your materials, you can get logs off trees, you can get metal off cars, bricks off buildings, stone, all that sort of stuff. So what you can do is if you find yourself, and this works out very well with the final battle when the circle closes in, you can find yourself in the middle of a field, the circle closes in and there is nowhere for cover. That's when you build your own fort. You build your own cover, you hunker down, and anyone that's trying to take shots at you from a distance, they're not going to be able to hit you because you've you've fortified yourself. You've got this little building, you can hide and sort of pop your head out, take a few shots, get back behind cover, and you can possibly win the game that way. I do find it was a the thing that does make this game very unique. I haven't seen this in any other games. Correct me if I'm wrong, but have you heard of any other games that do this? I haven't, honestly. I think that is really nice to have that feature. And then also with Fortnite too, it's not just about building cover always. You're going to have other times where you might have to go up a hill and you're going to just build a ramp. And a ramp can actually get you up that hill faster. So using ramps, you can actually get where you want or to high places. Basically by using ramps, you can actually get chests that you might want. You can build walls as well. Say you want to hunker down somewhere, you can build a wall in front of you just to try and block someone. So it's not always about building a fort or building cover. There are other ways that you can use buildings to your advantage. Yeah, I mean, the ramps actually is good that you mentioned that. I've been in a few circumstances where I can see that there's that purple sniper rifle that I need, and it's up in a tower that's got no access to it. So you need to build your ramps up, get that sniper rifle, and then that might be the weapon you need to 
take out your last enemy halfway across the map. Because let's face it, you're not doing it with a pistol. But right, the exactly. fact you can, can do those sort of ramps, that's good. Um, you can be stuck down the bottom of a cliff in a gully. And if you walk out one end of that, you're going to get taken out because it's a nice bottleneck. So if you can build ramps to get up the side of that cliff and then come across the top, that's a, another good strategy to use as well. So the building mode they've put in the game does open up a lot of creativity and the way that you're going to address any issue or, or situation you might find yourself in. Which one situation I will say that the ramps really come in handy is, say the storm is coming in on you and you're trying to run away from it. You could actually use a ramp to go up a hill and over it instead of going around it. Because if you go in around it, the storm is going to catch up to you and kill you. But if you go over it, then you can actually avoid the storm still. So that's one situation where you might want to run. Uh, and also, as you said, if you've got to go around a hill, there might be a cliff in front of you. So you can't actually walk up the hill. You will have no choice to go but around it. So using that ramp, you've basically just bridged that. And, you know, it's good for if you're being pursued as well and you need to get away because... You know, people will be shooting you, so you won't be able to use that ramp, jump over a wall, but as they're shooting you, they've taken out the ramp, so then they can't follow you. They're going to have to put their own ramp up. I've seen it used in some interesting pursuit situations as well. Right. One thing I will say as a caveat, though, is there is a bit of a learning curve with building this stuff. Like, you're probably not going to jump in your first game and instantly know, okay, I can build this, build this. There is a bit of a learning curve that you have to learn with building these things because it's not something that we see in a lot of other games, but it is very unique. Yeah, I mean, the thing in this game, if you've come from somewhere like Call of Duty, Battlefield, something like that, where you can just sort of run in and take people out, it's not going to work in this game. You can be lucky, you might pull it off, but a lot of the time you want to be using that building, build some cover, you can even shoot out walls and buildings, just come through the wall behind somebody and take them out. Yeah, the building aspect of this really has put an interesting take on the shooting genre. And one counterpoint I will say, too, about the building is you can build like a great fort that is gigantic, you know, towering over everyone, but that does give away your position. Players will instantly know, okay, this guy's in a fort. So sometimes it is better to not build and say hide in a house or something because if you're in a house, no one's going to know you're in that house unless they go in there. If you're in a fort that you made yourself, people are going to instantly know you're there. The downside of that too is you can spend a lot of time building a fort and then next uh, tick, that storm is on that fort and that's gone. And you just wasted all your materials. So there's that strategy you got to look at as well. Right. So that's one of the interesting things about Fortnite is there's so many different scenarios that come into play that you have to really think on your toes in Fortnite which I do like. Yeah, it's definitely not just a shooting game. There's a big degree of strategy in this as well. And just to touch on some of the things you can actually find when you're searching in the world, you can find a lot of different weapons and equipment. There's things like pistols, shotguns, sniper rifles. There's grenades. They just introduced a crossbow recently, which has unlimited ammo, which is kind of cool. Uh, they have bandages, first aid kits, and shields, things like that. So it does offer quite a variety of different things you can actually get in the game yeah i mean i actually find the sniper rifle my favorite weapon because as we already went into i'm a bit of a camper so i'll go and hide with my sniper rifle and pick people up from a distance best ones i've found is i'm trying to figure the name of the town there's a town off to the side of the map where i remember there was a, a match where there's about 10 people in this town just taking each other out and i'm sitting on the hill just taking people out with headshots. That was the first and only game I've got more than five kills. And that was purely because they were all preoccupied by other players and they had no idea I was up on the hill, you know, being the, the sniper on the grassy knoll. What's your favorite weapon, Derek? What do you what do you prefer in the game? I think I like submachine guns, but particularly one that has a scope on it. You can find weapons that already have scopes. So I think when I find a submachine gun with a scope, that's something I really enjoy because then I have that sort of sniper aspect a little bit, but I also have the play of the fast assaulting weapon so i think that'd be my favorite option if i had the choice i mean obviously you don't always have that choice because it's kind of rare to find a scope weapon 
Well, that's the thing too, which I don't think we even outlined. When you drop into Fortnite, you have no weapons. You actually have to go find these weapons in these houses or what drops off an enemy player. I've started plenty of matches where I've dropped into the same place as somebody else and all I've got is my pickaxe and I just hack away at them with my pickaxe. Actually, to see that, the first time I've done that, it is actually on my Twitch channel under videos. There's a quick Fortnite intro video on my Twitch at Mr. Noobs TV, and you'll actually see how I take somebody out with a pickaxe. It takes ages, but it is a pretty funny result. Yeah, that's one thing I definitely think it's important to highlight, too. I mean, it's not always great to drop in right next to somebody, because if they find a gun before you do, you're basically dead. I mean, if you go up against a gun with a pickaxe, there's almost no way you're going to win that. I mean, unless the player is very unskilled. Please watch my video. You'll, you'll see. They, they picked up a gun, but... I just did the little dance where you move around and I just took him out for pickaxe. It was probably one of the funniest things I've had in a game. But that's the thing about this. Because of the style of the game and, you know, it's got that cartoony sort of vibe to it, you can get some really ridiculous situations and it's just funny to watch. Just a, a fun game to play all around. Actually, speaking of that, you did mention dancing. You have like little emotes you can do in the game that are kind of fun. You can do some dance moves. You can wave at someone. So there's little interesting moves you can do that aren't really part of the game per se but it's just little things to i guess express yourself in the game that are just kind of fun little bits friends. of flavor i guess like right, that's that's a good way to put it you, you could kill somebody and just dance on their their corpse but uh there's a good chance you've then exposed yourself to whoever's left on the map so do that at right. your own probably risk. better to do it if you're like at a squad with someone and you're in a fort together just you know dance around with them a little yeah bit. Oh, it's like your dance party that's love exactly. it exactly <laughs> Alright, so what else do we need to cover? Like, we've gone through a bit. It's a very basic game, but it's also a very complex game. I know one thing we haven't mentioned yet it happens more in the late game is supply drops. You do get, eventually, there's supply drops that drop into the circle. And usually these supply drops will have better weapons. They'll usually have gold weapons. They'll have weapons you can search. The problem with that, obviously, is everyone on the map can see where the supply dropped. So if you go for that, then you're kind of exposing yourself. So you have to be careful when you go for that. But it is an interesting feature that yeah, obviously with those supply drops, I actually like using them as bait because if I know I'm not going to make it to that supply drop before somebody takes me out, I'll actually set myself up somewhere to pick off whoever's going for that supply drop. It can work as well, as you said, you can get better weaponry, but it can also be just that thing that you need to flush out the last remaining enemies to take them out. So there are good and bad points about going in for a supply drop. Right, definitely. I mean, personally, the way I play, I usually don't go for it just because you're so exposed doing that. So I kind of wait for somebody else to go for it and kind of do what you do and just kind of pick them off as they go for it. I think it's a better strategy for me personally, but other people might want There's to There's been a, only a few times where I've seen them come in where it's the supply drops come up on the top of a cliff and I've been around there, but I've built a little fort around it. So I'm protected while I'm grabbing what I need to grab out of it. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes that's just enough for people to say, okay, well, he's in the middle of that building. I'll send a rocket into that and then you're gone. So as we did say, there's good and bad. Right. Which like, seems to be kind of the theme with this game. I mean, every little aspect of the game, there is good and bad. That's what I like about Fortnite is there's a lot of variety. There's a lot of different situations you're going to encounter. And basically each choice you make could have a bad or good consequence to it. Yeah. I think one of the things that'd be interesting to touch on is just some of our favorite dropping points. Um, there's a lot of different places you can drop into on the map. I know each separate mode, I have like a particular dropping point that I like best. For example, when I'm playing as a duo, I like to drop into Whispering Woods. I think that's a good area because it's an area where two people can find enough supplies and also take over the area really quickly. When I'm playing in a squad, I like to drop into the prison. You mean Wailing Woods? Wailing Woods, right? Yes, yeah, sorry, I meant Wailing Woods. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Um, yeah, so the prison. Sure. Yeah, when I'm, when I'm playing a squad, I like prison. You know what? I would be very careful about 
mentioning this though, because if we're going to do a few of these live streams, do we really want listeners knowing where we are? Because it's not the ideal thing to set up for our live streams. I don't always drop in there. I mean, I'm just saying some favorite spots just to give people an idea, but <laughs> you have a point. Oh, fair I mean, enough. It's not like I'm always going to be like, oh, okay, every time I'm playing a duo. I'm- They're going to be like Derek and Noobs. At Wailing right, Woods. Exactly. Let's go. Right. I mean, I'm not saying that's where I am every time. I'm just saying, like, some of my favorite spots that I have dropped into a lot. Like, for squads, I like to drop into the prison because there's a lot of materials available for everyone. And when I'm playing solo, I kind of like to drop into the houses north of the woods because there's a lot of materials you can loot and usually there's not a lot of people around there. Generally, where I drop in, I try to drop in where there's not a ton of people around because the less people you have around at the start, the more you can find better weapons and then go attack people afterwards yes yeah mine are a bit different i mean solo i'll usually go down towards the flush factory or fatal fields somewhere down there if i'm on my duos i usually find myself going pretty much the same side of wailing woods but more towards retail row or uh, the lonely lodge and then for the squad the squad i'm usually finding myself over junk junction or basically the haunted hill sort of that side so there's a few different ways that i do this but Sometimes I just get in the game and figure, you know what, I'll just go down to Dusty Depot or Tilted Towers or any of those sort of places just to, to mix it up. The Loot Lake, I've done that a few times. Depending how your game starts, that can be a good place to start or it could be the worst place to start possible. I've been on that island in the middle a few times and regardless of what way I try to get off the island, I get flanked from all directions. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's about knowing your areas and, and where your advantages and disadvantages are. Right, I'd agree. And I have encountered the same thing with Loot Lake. I mean, some games I started at Loot Lake and I've had great games where I finished second place or something. Other games I started there and I'm dead within like, you know, 30 seconds because there's so many players around there. So it kind of depends. Basically, the only thing I'd recommend to new players is just attempt to avoid places that a lot of players are dropping into if you see a lot of parachutes around that area try to go a little bit outside that area so you have a chance to survive a little bit first yeah i do know that a lot of people seem to try and go towards like tilted towers for the sniper rifles a lot of people as you said going to the prison so there are places for new players until you get the hang of the game i wouldn't advise going there to start off with try and figure somewhere more on the outskirts of the the map because most people seem to try and go in the center that's one thing to note too i mean one thing that we haven't really mentioned is the battle bus drops into a new area every time so kind of just look at the path the battle bus is going to take and probably don't drop right next to where the battle bus is going to be because that's where a lot of people might go so maybe try to fly out a little bit farther yeah always go out like i've noticed the bus comes into the map from different angles all the time so you do need to look at that your map find out where you're going it usually flies over directly over the center so you're going to always be flying at some point over tilted towers or i think the uh the prison you fly over as well sometimes loot lake so, you fly over as yeah, well yeah Loot, yeah, loot like you definitely sort of right, exactly. didn't send on the map. So, but it's all a learning experience. It is a fun game. I would recommend uh, everyone at least try it once. I mean, if it's on Xbox for free, it's one of our free to play games on Xbox Live. So, by all means, go download it. You're not losing anything. The only thing you might gain is you might actually find a game that you love playing. Exactly. I mean, when I first downloaded it, I had no idea what it was. I figured I'd try it out, and I actually ended up liking the game a lot. So. You might have that same experience where you play it just thinking, you know, eh, I'm kind of bored today. Let me try this game out. And then you end up liking it. Definitely. Just to touch a little bit more on some of the things you can get for in-game purposes. We have touched on this a little bit. You can get the battle passes. You can get the founders packages. In the founders package, you're basically buying access to the PvE version of the game. And then a little bit of the extra XP stuff. You can also buy V-Bucks, which V-Bucks, you're basically using those to buy cosmetics. You can buy different suits, 
harvesting tools, uh, new gliders, just things like that. So basically everything you can buy in the game, you're buying cosmetic things, but they do have those options available for you. Definitely. I mean, it's not something that I myself uh, sort of go into with the cosmetic options or, or sort of buy stuff with in-game currency, but people out there that do seem to like collecting all that sort of stuff, I mean, more than welcome to get it, but I'm not really wanting to buy things in-game. I'd rather go and earn it, but there is some decent stuff there on the store from what I have seen. Right, I'd agree. I mean, I'm probably never going to buy V-Bucks myself because I'd rather just buy the Battle Pass and then earn whatever the Battle Pass is available. But if you do like buying the V-Bucks, and there are some cool costumes you can buy, so... There's been costumes, like I think there's a dragon costume out right now, which is pretty cool. So they'd have different like pickaxes you can buy. So there are some cool items available if you do want to spend the money to buy the cosmetics. But personally, I think I'm probably going to stay away from the V-Bucks. My uh, point on that is if you have a outfit so good that you want everyone to see, if someone's close enough to you to see that outfit, they're probably too close to you for you to survive. So, you right. know, <laughs> what's, what's the point of doing Or they're it? on the ground dying. So, I mean, basically they're saying it's their last death breath, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's like, hey, awesome suit for you to be buried in. Anyway. I mean, I think if I did buy anything, one of the ones I would want to buy something different for is the glider when you drop into the game because the glider is something you're seeing for a little bit of an extended period. That'd be kind of cool to see, you know. Right now they have a glider that's a dragon glider, so you're basically riding the back of the dragon, which is kind of cool, so. Yeah, oh, and that goes back to the humorous sort of right, cartoony exactly. style of the game, too. That's kind of the style of Fortnite is, just, you know, more humorous, more lighthearted and fun. Yeah, well, that, obviously, if you want something a bit more realistic, that's where you go to player unknown battlegrounds. Uh, I've just said we'll discuss it later. Time. Exactly, but that's pretty much what we have for Fortnite. If you want to contact me, you can contact me on Twitter at Derek Blaze. You can email me at d.blaze89 at gmail.com. How can people contact you, Mr. Newman, if they want to contact you? Pretty much just, you've got my Facebook page. My Twitter page is at Mr. Noobs TV. So N-E-W-B-Z-T-V. Also, that's my Twitch. So Mr. Noobs TV for Twitch. And you can feel free to drop by and watch Derek and myself, you know, play different games. I mean, I've been playing a bit of Grand Theft Auto, some CFEs beta, play some Fortnite. So log on, please subscribe to the channel. Anytime there's something going up, you'll get an alert and you can see how we manage to do things in game. Definitely. And since you mentioned Sea of Thieves, I want to mention that that will be our next episode. When everyone hears this coming out, Sea of Thieves will be launching pretty soon. So our next episode will be a pre-launch special for Sea of Thieves. And you'll see that coming out right before Sea of Thieves launches on March 20th. Well, I just want to thank everyone for listening again. I want to thank you for having me back, Derek. It's been a pleasure to discuss yes, the thank awesome you for game that is Fortnite. And any time, got to do something instead of going to work each day. So it just made sense. This does make a little more sense in work. So I uh, that better. <laughs> no worries at all. All right. Well, see everybody next episode, I guess. Yeah. Just like Drew said, we want to thank everyone for listening. We appreciate you dropping by to the Blaze experience. And we hope to see you next episode. So thank you. And once again, we'll see you next time.